Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. I have good news for everybody. Uh, well, it's, what is it, Thursday? It is Thursday. These weeks fly by sure so is. fast. Um, it's Thursday, uh, November, not even, December 3rd. Chris, I'm just off my game today. But I have good news for everybody. I think our third show will finally be uploaded to a podcast, right? Oh, boy, here we go. All right, well, uh, we'll... we'll... Anyways, we got uh, Mike Nichols, Dennis Geisler. I didn't hear Doug Willig online, but I'm hoping he's joining us soon. Right here, he's right here. here. Oh, he is there. All right, perfect. All right, guys, how are you guys doing? This is weird. Uh, it just feels me weird not being in the studio. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, those new... Or, go ahead, Dennis. Oh, it, it's, it's not much different for me. I'm just uh, sitting here as always. FedEx Field, correct? Uh, yeah, FedEx Field, exactly. FedEx field. All right, perfect. Doug, how about you? How's your uh, how's your week been going? Uh, my week, my week's been going good. You know, I usually, usually like each semester, I like when final exams come, I spend like the last two, like three days before exams, like not sleeping and just like studying, getting like cramming right beforehand, and it usually goes okay. But this semester, I'm trying not to miss out on sleep, so I've kind of like been starting like my final prep now, like over the last week. So if I like do it over a month, I'm hoping I don't have to like lose sleep the day before finals. But yeah, so I'm doing good. And we got Mike Nichols on the line as well. Mike, are you there? Yep. Uh, all right, perfect. I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, it's been, How's it rolling? It's been a pretty, so- pretty solid week. Uh, you know, I had a great, great show yesterday on the Western Night Crew with uh, – Troy, Dylan, and uh, Chris. So yeah, it's it's been a great week. Uh, yeah, I, it sounds like everyone's doing good. I'm just glad to get to get it started. Awesome, perfect. And uh, we got our we got our board up as well. Uh, though I don't know how you made it inside the studios, but we'll roll with that. Um, and so guys, let's just get to it. Uh, we got Rutgers, Penn State. This is probably the biggest Rutgers Penn State game in probably six years, considering that Rutgers has a a decent chance of winning. Uh, I think I, if I was rolling with Doug's ESPN FPI model, I think they give them a, about a thirty three percent chance of pulling this one off. I think it's much higher than that, and I was appalled, appalled that the line opened up at minus ten this past Monday. That's minus surprising 10 for Penn State. Me, actually. That's really surprising. That's that's way that's way too too big that's a that's way too generous towards penn state maybe minus three minus four minus 10 are you kidding me i was about to jump into my car and drive over to pennsylvania (laughs) yeah i uh i'm I'm surprised about that i mean penn state last week had a pretty solid game against michigan but not the best michigan team and that's one good game from penn state out of a lot of really bad games 
Guys, Penn State went into the game against Michigan with 13 turnovers. They had zero against Michigan. All right, well, good job. You won the game 27-17. to 17. It wasn't comprehensive. It was a solid win. I'll give them that, that credit. And, yeah, you can make the argument that hey, Michigan beat Rutgers, so Penn State should have a decent chance of beating Rutgers. I'm not saying Penn State shouldn't be favored going into this game, but minus 10, minus – I think it moved up to the minus 11 a couple days later. I, I'm just stunned that that's the line, that, that there is no respect for Rutgers still, even after what they pulled off against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree, and I think that it's uh, probably that I I do not see <laughs> Penn State beating that line. Uh, even like even if they do win, it'll be surprising to me if they win by two touchdowns, which they would probably just about need to uh, break an eleven point line. Uh, And yeah, honestly, it does feel like that last week against Michigan for Penn State last week for both teams. It was uncharacteristic in some ways. Like last week, Sean Clifford did not throw any interceptions. That's his first game this season that he's done that Uh, against Rutgers. I get the feeling he's going to throw a couple of interceptions. That's my guess, at least at least one. Uh, At least one. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Rutgers wasn't even playing with uh, Noah Vedrill. Uh, I don't know if Noah, I believe Noah Vedrill is probably going to start. Uh, I'm not uh, sure we'll if anyone see. has. I mean, I, I, we, haven't, we haven't really got any injury updates unless our board op wants to hop on. No updates uh, other than what we already know. So. There you go, everybody. So, yeah, I guess nobody has any more information on that. But. No, I, I don't, we don't know. I think it's going to be a game-time decision just like last game. Um, we, uh, he was grimacing in pain, though, when he was throwing the warm-up throws against Purdue. That was definitely being uh, seen. Um, hey, but, man, uh, I'll quote my man Chris Takonis, our board op tonight. He said, quote, Art Sitkowski in those first two drives looked like Joe Montana. He, he looked really good. Mm-hmm. He looked fantastic. I mean, uh, he was – I think that ball that he threw – the, the, the second touchdown where he rolled to the right and then threw back across his body to the left. Um, I think he's the only one on the team that can make that throw. Cannot make that throw. Uh, there was zip on the ball. It was accurate. It was right in the spot it needed to be. My only problem with Art Sitkowski starting, and I've been a big Art proponent, so I felt like once you got into the game, once you got into about one and a half quarters in, the defense started to figure him out, and that's why you have to get Johnny in the game as soon as possible and really change things up. Mix things up. Mix it up. There we go. Thank you. That was a bit delayed uh, from our board op, but we'll 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 roll with it considering the situation. But Mike, what do you uh, what do you? Shut up, Raj. You don't know what you're talking about. All right. Okay, Mike. What do you of things? I mean, I uh, I know Penn State won. Rutgers won. Um, I think the Rutgers victory was, of course. I thought it was it was monumental considering the way they came back on the road. But nonetheless, what are you looking at from just the past performances by these both two teams going into Saturday or we're at least less than 36 hours away from kickoff now, 44 hours away from kickoff now? Yeah, so I want you to picture before the season uh, in August, if someone told you, or I guess September because the season started in October, if someone told you that, Penn State would get would that was their first win, right? Get its first yes, win. Yes, sir. Six weeks through the season or five weeks through the season. What would anyone believe that? 
because I definitely wouldn't. I, I didn't expect them to be good. They would get only one win through the first six games of the season. I always believed Penn State wasn't that good. So, listen, I think uh, the momentum for both of these teams, even with the win for Penn State, the momentum is a lot higher on Rutgers' side. And, you know, in the past, this game has been, you know, a little bit of a blowout. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it hasn't been competitive. But I, I think Rutgers is going to be very competitive in this game. I think they have a very good chance to win with Coach Greg Schiano at, at the helm. Uh, they've been playing well. I, To me, it doesn't matter whether or no Vidral or uh, Arsikowski play a quarterback because Johnny Langan, to me, is, is kind of the X factor. Uh, so I'm comfortable with whoever starts at quarterback. Johnny Football. I can't believe it. I, I didn't think I would be saying that name that often <laughs> this season. If I thought I was be saying that name often this season, that, I thought that our inventor will be hurt or, or had COVID probably. Um, no, it's very impressive. It's very impressive what Johnny Lang was able to do against Purdue. Um, I've never seen Chris Sikonis as happy in, in his 65 years on this planet uh, but really looking forward uh, to the Penn State game, I think, uh, I think the main thing to keep in mind here is that this is a team of Penn State with James Franklin that still would like to own this rivalry against Rutgers. Um, you know, they don't get treated very pleasantly when they come into town. Um, they've had their number with the Scarlet Knights over the past X number of years. Though, to be fair, I guess the game last year was relatively competitive until the fourth quarter. Uh, the game two years ago... Um, I guess the scoreline at least looks competitive. But besides that and the 2014 game, Penn State has owned Rutgers' number. You, you really have to – I mean, if they're the Scarlet Knights, you only won twice against Penn State in your entire history. They win this game to, you know, on Saturday. This game's going to be remembered for, for a very, very long time. What do you think of Coach Greg Schiano saying that Penn State is not a rivalry? I think I know where he was coming from. Um – I think Rutgers fans would like Penn State to be their rival, but if you ask Penn State fans, I don't think they feel the same way. I think they feel that they've dominated the Scarlet Knights. Basketball might be a different situation. I think men's oh, basketball, these two teams have been going back and forth 100%. Well, also, so Greg Schiano has never played against Penn State as Rutgers coach. No, Good but point, that's like saying like Jim Harbaugh hadn't coached, the, had the, had, hadn't coached Michigan, but he would have often acknowledged him or Ohio State as a rival. I mean, I, I'm just saying that as coach of Rutgers for a number of years, he never played against Penn State. It's hard to necessarily call that a rivalry, um, even though there have been a number of matchups uh, in like 70s, 80s, early 90s. Even still, it's like if it's been dormant for a while and Greg Schiano literally hasn't played the matchup despite being coach for a decent amount of time, I can't really fault him for saying, yeah, I don't know about this rivalry thing. Yeah, Dennis, and to build on that, I mean, Rutgers and Penn State have played 30 times, right? 30 times in their history. And then 28 of those times, Penn State has won. So I don't know. I mean, like, it just, it it feels too, like, one-sided to be, like, a traditional rivalry. I feel like Rutgers would need to have, like, a sustained, like, line of success over a few years for it to be like competitive 
like were to define as a rivalry, if you know what I mean? I think it will become a rivalry under Greg Schiano. I think that's a fair assessment to make. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think one thing that a lot of people might be getting ahead of themselves, and I think myself included, I think uh, you know we don't like to get predictions, um, but I'm I'm already hopping on the Rutgers uh, Greg Schiano Express train, thinking that this is going to be the signature win of the season. But I think one thing we have to keep in mind is this is still a very, very talented Penn State team, despite their struggles this year. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of potential talent on this team, at least. Uh, Kayvon Lee had a great game uh, last week against Michigan, uh, and mm-hmm. it's definitely something Rutgers will have to keep under lockdown because even up against... Uh, uh, Purdue Rutgers gave up a pretty decent amount of yardage on the ground to uh, Horvath, Sander Horvath. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Horvath so it will like partly Leonard be an issue. There. He looked like Brian Leonard out there, man. Yeah, and it's not like Horvath had a fantastic season before that. He was getting a lot of carries, and a couple of the games are pretty solid. But right. Uh, right, definitely ran all over Rutgers, and it is something to watch out for. Uh, I guess is the. Uh, as the game goes on, I think that'll definitely be a key factor is how well the Rutgers defense can prevent Penn State from moving the ball and how well they can force turnovers. Because this Penn State team has been very turnover prone, especially oh, Sean yeah. Clifford I, himself. I think we mentioned coming into this game, they have 13 turnovers already this season. Rutgers is minus one in the turn department, but that a lot of that's attributed to their minus four that they had for the first game against Michigan's I actually also want to talk about the Rutgers secondary because they're quite banged up. And I'll throw it to Mike. Uh, Brendan White went down uh, against Purdue. Avery Young, Max Melton, he's had his issues. There's not a lot of depth with this Rutgers secondary. I mean, are your, what are your concerns going into this onto this game on Saturday for the defense? Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely a, a little bit of a health concern. But uh, um, I think that... Avery Young will be able to play. I think I saw that, but I could, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know, but didn't Brendan White come back uh, after he went down? They all came back. They all came back into the game, yeah. but they're all banged up. That's my point, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, this is football. You're going to play banged up. And I, I trust the guys. I mean, bear, bearing any injury, I think they're going to play great. Uh you know, I uh, I really look for that linebacker core to even take a step up. We saw more of Muhammad Ture. Uh, we saw a lot of them in the first game. In the second game, he uh, got ejected uh, yeah. early on, and then yeah. we haven't seen much of him in the game in the games after that until uh, this previous game where he made that big interception. He had, he had a big, uh, nice couple tax tackles for a loss. Uh, I want to see more from him in that linebacker core. Um, you know, this it's going to be an exciting game, but I, I think Rutgers is going to win. I'm honestly on that on the Rutgers train for this one, also. I feel like every Rutgers fan has to be in the Rutgers train for this one. Like, this is like, like we want we want to get some revenge. Um, and I, I don't like to say that often, but I think I think Rutgers fans, after what happened the first few weeks, were like, all right, Michigan, Penn State, this these are the teams we definitely want to beat considering everything that's gone down the last four years. Michigan almost happened. It didn't. Um, this one, this one's going to be brutally, brutally close. I, I just, I think it's going to be so tight. I, I can't tell. Of course, as a Rutgers fan, Raj, that 
you like we want to win it, you would want to win it, but it's not often that we think we're going to win. Like we like and I I think Rutgers is going to win the game. I think so too, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Dennis, help us. I, I see. I don't want Dennis, to get ahead of myself either. Reason. It's such what a rough is, uh, situation. What is what? What do our uh, what do our guys at five thirty eight tell? Uh, they're not doing college football this year. Um, probably oh. reasonable. Um, no. Yeah. Honestly, it is really tough because while Penn State is one in five, has had a terrible season, a lot of those games looked a bit better than they came off. The Indiana game was obviously super close and arguably they should have won it. The Nebraska game was kind of close. They put up a decent number of points against Ohio State, kept it kind of close early on. Uh, Well, not necessarily, but they definitely didn't look out of a lot of games. Which neither has Rutgers, to be fair. Uh, Rutgers has only really looked out of games against Ohio State and Indiana. Uh, Every other game has been winnable, if not probably should have been won. So, I mean, I I, I I would disagree with the Indiana game because they were within eight points in the third quarter, halfway through. So, that's one position game there. But I see your point, though. Um, That game did get a bit stretched. But I think Indiana was Even still, if you compare point. it to something like the Michigan game or the Illinois game, right. one right. play goes differently and the entire thing swings. So, so, so here's a fun fact about Rutgers. So if they, if they want every game that they won a turnover margin this year, they're two and zero, which tells me that this defense relies on turnovers. Because I, I want to be very frank uh, with you guys, I don't think the defense has lived up to the potential of Greg Schiano defense. I think that's been one of the the down points of this defense. Yes, they, they play, they're much better than they were before. I agree with that. But I think, I think they do give up a lot of yards on the ground and, and uh, they're, you know, they just don't have the playmakers yet or the depth. Yeah. And I think some of that is just a combination of injuries and not having the recruiting class in yet. Uh, I think in a couple of years, the defense will look a lot better. And for now it's been good enough to keep in games for the most part at the very least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I thought I thought coming into the season it'd be the other way around. I thought the defense would be very good and the and the offense would struggle, but it's it's obviously been been reversed. The rules have been reversed. Um, and, and you know I'm okay with the great offense. Um, I prefer uh, Sean Gleason and company has been has been terrific. And and what you mm-hmm. guys make of the make of the story? I don't know if you had a chance to read. He he gave his wife gave birth to his son on ten sixteen. Oh, amazing. This story is so crazy. His wife gives birth to his son on 10, 16 p.m. on Friday night, the day before the Purdue game. He He's debating back and forth, you know, whether or not, I think like at 8.30 that night, like, should I even go to the airport? Should I just give a play call and do somebody else? Wife gives birth. He stays with her for a couple hours, goes home at 1.30. She literally tells him, like, hey, go to, go to West Lafayette and call this game and, and go win this game. He goes, like, a couple hours of sleep, runs on adrenaline, calls the game, then comes back home. And his wife is like, it's Penn State week, Penn State week time. Like, it's time for you to prepare for Penn State. So, so I don't know. I couldn't, I could even, uh, I, be, I might be paraphrasing the story a bit there, but I can't believe that, that story is crazy. I can't believe it. It's so great. Uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. I hadn't actually heard that. <laughs> um, Mrs. Gleason is the greatest. 
she's the goat and yeah. you do have to give a lot of credit for that game too sorry doug uh but you do have to give a lot of credit for that game too sean gleason there were a lot of very good offensive play calls in that entire game and a lot of just the decision and he did, and he did it with the and especially when you're going like, in and you lose your quarterback, quarterback. <laughs> yeah yeah i think i, yeah, I, I think i cut you off there but. outstanding so um and the fact that he did it on like three hours of sleep i mean i mean praise that man praise the man Chris Takonis already wants to give him a, a contract extension stat. I ain't arguing I mean, how with about that. His, how about his wife saying, go win the game? That's crazy, man. I mean, most people would probably just stay with their, for, their, for, their, for their, uh, child's birth. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Um, no one would have blamed him if dedication he did that. To... No one would have blamed him. Yeah. yeah. Nobody. The fact that he went and called the game is just, I don't know, it's bonus points. It's more than bonus points. I don't. I don't know how to describe the feeling. Um, it, it just shows you how much he cares about Rutgers and like RU and, and the state of New Jersey. I think it's it's fantastic. The staff has been great, um, and they're gonna need every bit of it on this on on Thursday. I mean on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's. <laughs> no, go ahead. And also, and also, we've also been teasers that. Uh, they're going to be enrolling the black uniforms out. So I guess this is the quote-unquote blackout game of the year. Ooh, that's exciting. That's interesting. Chris, can you confirm me on that, or am I... Uh... Um, I didn't see anything on that, but I'll, I'll look into it. Um, I, I mean, this would be about as well attended as the last blackout game they had, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think our, our, uh, our folks on the panel know what the last blackout game was. Wasn't it last year? So I believe I think no, I think it was the Illinois game. There was no blackout game last year. There's one every year. No, there was no blackout game last year, guys. I'm telling you. Yeah, it was uh, 2018 uh, against Illinois. There we go. It was yeah, like 30 percent full. It was. It was pathetic. It was really pathetic. I think they got blown yeah, out too in that game. On the bright side, yeah, very socially yeah. distanced. So you know. Chris Ash was a master <laughs> yeah, yeah, of flattening, was, flattening the, the curve. The crowd was already socially distanced before even uh, it rolled into the into the stadium. Before that's, it was that's cool. a very good point. Chris Chris Aconis, uh you know, loves the quarterbacks that keep things socially distant, unlike Adam Gase too. Um, we'll get to him in hour two. I don't want to talk about Adam Gase we'll right now. We'll get to an hour two. Not yet. Not yet. Anyways, guys, I mean, I mean, I want to hear some things. Um, I, I feel like Doug's been very quiet. Doug, what, what's your uh, what what, do, what are you feeling about this Saturday? Like, what do you think Rutgers needs to do to win and what do you think Penn State needs to do to win? Yeah, Raj. I mean, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned the uh, the FPI, and then you said you called it Doug's FPI. I was thinking I wasn't going to bring up FPI this show because every show I bring it up so much, and I figured it was bothering you guys. But I did it anyway. My name to I did it, it anyway. so it's caught yeah. on. It's caught on. Yeah. So, Chris, if you haven't been listening to the Thursday Crew, or if you haven't heard certain parts, every show I cite the FPI for every game we talk about. So looking at this game, I know Raj mentioned it at the beginning. Rutgers has that 31.9% chance of winning. So even though they're coming in with the better record, you know, Penn State has that better shot at winning. And, you know, like we've talked about so much throughout this show, Penn State has not lived up to expectations. I mean, they came into the season ranked seventh in the AP poll, now one and five. They haven't had a five, or they haven't had five losses in a season since 
2015 when they went seven and six. And then obviously there's less games this season. So that makes that stat even worse. Looking at this specific matchup though, I mean, I think Rutgers, you know, we've seen Bo Melton have a pretty solid season, you know, 474 yards, five touchdowns. He obviously had that, that one trick play touchdown as well. And I think, I mean, I don't know how much you call a wide receiver an X-factor just because, you know, it's more generally a quarterback that could have the most impact on offense. Or not more generally, just a quarterback has the most impact on offense. But I really like to see Bo Melton continue to perform. You know, I think he's key. He's, you know, been very quick, scored a lot of long touchdowns this year for Rutgers. I'd just like to see him perform well. I think he could help contribute to, I don't know if I'll say... I mean, I think Rutgers can win this. I don't want to come in overconfident because, you know, sometimes this year, specifically on this Thursday crew as well, we've been, you know, really confident with Rutgers, and it hasn't resulted in the win. But I think, you know, Bo Melton, Isaiah Pacheco as well, I think those weapons on offense, I think that could be a difference maker in maybe giving Rutgers a win. Maybe. All right, well, Doug Willow always using his FPI and being very, very cautious. I think he's going to roll with the way the FPI usually indicates things to be. Um, I think the other thing that we really haven't mentioned is penalties. Um, again, I think the penalties improved against the Purdue game, but there are quite a few of them. Uh, I think Tyreek Maddox-Williams got away with one on fourth and two, where uh, he definitely did not turn around his head, and that should have been a first down, but Purdue was able to get a safety anyway. I think my main question is, if this defense continues, the defense showed an improvement in penalties, but we did see some quite a few offensive penalties this week. What do you think is the key to make sure Rutgers, um, you know, doesn't give up free yards? Like, yeah, it's just discipline. It's discipline, but it has to be coaching better. too, right? This has been an issue that's been going on for the last four years, despite the coaching, uh, despite the coaching changes. Still, the the a lot of these guys have been under Chris Ash for two, three years now. Uh, you know, so. It's not going to change overnight. I mean, if I think it's years better than how it was under Chris Ash. I think it's just going to get better. Oh, I mean, it was. Game. It was it, awful under Chris You know, Ash. the, the I mean, coaches are definitely getting on him for the penalties. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and I mean, I mean, th- I mean, I don't know. It still boggles my mind that Chris Ash. I, I brought this up last week when Dennis and Dennis said, you know, if you're Rutgers, you should be able to at least get some good players, but like. These are all of Chris Ash's players that played on, on Saturday, especially after, like, Vedral didn't play. Like, the only player on the offense who wasn't a Chris Ash player was Aaron Cruikshank. So the fact that they were able to put together 37 points, um, all right, seven of them you can attribute to Aaron Cruikshank's, like, special teams return. But the fact that they're putting up 31 points a game now versus six points a game in Big Ten play last year, or what was it, like, 10 points a play in Big Ten play a year ago before that, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I think, I think it just shows you that, you know, Ash was not – worthy of a head, uh, being a head football coach, especially in the Big Ten. Look at a guy like Shameem Jones. I mean, I'm, I've never really – I don't remember seeing him on the field as much as he's been utilized in Coach Greg Shannon's offense. And he's definitely a better player this year than he was last year. And that's credit to good coaching. No, no, you're right. You're right.
Welcome back to the WRC crew, our Thursday edition. We got Chris Taconis running the board for us. And uh, you know what that music means. It's time for Locks of the Week. Guys, you ready? I'm absolutely ready, Raj. Energy's through the roof here today. Um, I think we've lost Doug already, by the way. But no, we'll I'm here, with, Raj. Uh, I'm here, we'll Raj. All right. All right, Doug, we'll start with you. Who, who do you got? Tell me your lock. Of All right. Week. So I'm going to go back to the Giants. I, I used to do the Giants game oh, of the semester a lot. And then I would. I haven't done the Giants the I last couple weeks. I got lucky once, Doug. I got lucky once. Yeah. I, I mean, the Giants have been looking good. You know, three straight wins. I mean, obviously, the strength of the opponents or, you know, whether they've been missing key pieces or not necessarily been good teams has definitely been a factor. But nonetheless, the Giants now 4-7 and seven and first place in the NFC East in the current standings. Whether or not that will hold, who knows? Because, you know, with the Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, all having not quality seasons, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Nonetheless, Giants have the Seahawks this week. Seahawks this year, you know, Russell Wilson started off the year really, really hot. Everyone thought he was a surefire bet for MVP. Cooled off a little bit towards the mid- midway through the season. And then the Seahawks defense, we've talked about this before on the show, hasn't necessarily been as dominant as, you know, that Legion of Boom era. In fact, they not not necessarily the best play from the Seahawks defense this year. Giants come in as 10-point road underdogs to the Seahawks. I have the Giants covering, oh and boy. I think <laughs> you already hear the old boy Raj. But I mean, it just—I I have confidence in the team. Cole McCoy as a starting quarterback. I mean, he was okay. We didn't really see much of him. He went like six of ten in the the third and fourth quarter when he played a little bit. Coming in, I think the Giants. I mean, the defense for the Giants has played really well this season, right? Logan Ryan has stepped up, former Rutgers player. He's playing great. James Bradbury really having a breakout season, you know, coming from Carolina. Or not even necessarily a breakout season, but he's been playing really well. That whole defense has been playing well. It'll be tough when you have an opponent like the Seahawks who, you know, have a good offense. But I think the Giants can cover this. You know, 10-point underdog. I mean, I don't know if they'll come in with a win. Especially in Seattle, you know, obviously 12th man, not a factor this year, like we've said so many times. But I think the Giants can cover. That's why I have the Giants as my lock of the week. All right. Oh, man, Doug. I don't know. You don't trust my pick, Mike? (laughs) I don't like that pick at all. But all right, we'll throw to Mike next. Mike, go ahead. Well, I feel like Dennis was about to go. I I can't cut my man off. Oh, uh, I, I can go. Um, so uh, if you guys are not aware, um, recently they rescheduled a game. Originally, one game was supposed to happen. It wasn't able to happen. But instead, they were able to schedule the national title game of college football, the greatest game we are ever going to see, undefeated BYU at undefeated Coastal Carolina. Uh, this game is going to be awesome. But despite how awesome this game is going to be, the line is BYU minus 10. And I have BYU covering that. Uh, I honestly do think that BYU is a much better team than Coastal Carolina. I think they're a lot better than their uh, 
rank suggests. They're only ranked number 13. I think they are a lot better than just the number 13 team in the nation. And I think out of these two teams, I think BYU is the team that actually looks like a power five team that could rumble up towards the top, maybe challenge a power five team in a New Year's six bowl. Uh, while I think that Coastal Carolina is kind of just stumbling up there, has had a couple of rough games, uh, had an early game against Kansas that was nice. But overall, I think that this BYU team is just so good. And so I think they are going to win by at least 10 points over Coastal Carolina. Um, but regardless, I'm still so excited for this game, and I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, just the fact that they were able to schedule it on literally days of notice um i can't remember who i think both of the i think one of these teams is originally supposed to play against someone else um but due to coronavirus issues uh they had to schedule for someone else and they decided to pick the coolest possible game um so like honestly big shout outs to uh byu and coastal carolina making this game happen uh but yeah i think byu where is, is gonna uh, win. where is byu located uh it's in uh, utah oh boy that's a that's a long distance to travel yeah yeah it is at coastal carolina um which on one hand it's kind of difficult but on the other hand it's not like byu doesn't travel across the country already um their first game of the year was at navy uh they've had to play at houston they've had to play at uh boise state it's not like they haven't had a lot of weird traveling across the year, so right. I don't think it's going to be ridiculous for them. I mean, let's face it, they're in Utah, so unless it's a home game, they're going to have to travel out of state anyway. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, I'll go uh, I'll go to round things out, and maybe we can send it to Chris Aconis if he wants to put one in there as well. Mike didn't even get um, to go. <laughs> Yeah. Yo. Wow. Oh, my bad. I, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Dennis. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So, just just so you know, Raj, I, I'm retired until Saturday. Um. Retired until Saturday. What? You lost a lot yes, of money. I, uh. No. No. I just uh. The beginning of this week, it just it just hurt because the Seahawks that that one hurt, and then the Steelers. That, that oh, don't tell me you did minus six and a half, Mike. Please don't tell me you did minus six and a half. On uh, the Seahawks? Yeah. Uh, possibly, yes. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Mike. You got to get it earlier. I did minus five and a half. Well, listen, I'm not, I'm not you know, I, I'm not as savvy as you are, Raj. What do you want me to say? All right, don't blame me. Blame those Eagles for going for two for no reason. Oh, my. Doug Peterson should be fired on the spot. <laughs> that That is absolutely Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson does not care. Fourth and four, fourth and 30, we're going for it. Like, what, what is he doing? I think there was, like, what, six seconds left on, or 16 seconds left on the clock? Yeah, I don't know what he was trying to do. Oh, Apparently, his charts had to go for two. And then, and then the Steelers, the Steelers, uh, Trace McSorley was in the game at quarterback. The guy couldn't even yeah, complete no. a pass in college. And then he completes <laughs> a freaking, he completes a 65-yard slant for a touchdown. 
Are you kidding oh, me? It wasn't even a t- it wasn't even a slant. It was just a bad play by the defense. Oh my god! It was worse than Marcus Williams missing Stephon Diggs in the in the Minneapolis Miracle, Minnesota Miracle, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. So yes, so that I'm game retired. Had a lot more implications than the one yesterday, but yeah. I'm retired. So until Friday, I'll bring out the number forty-five jersey, and then um, we're gonna we're gonna bring him back with Rutgers, ten and a half. Yes. Yes. Are you are you also driving over to Pen- Pennsylvania to put this one down? I may know a guy who might know a guy who might know a guy who can do that. Who lives in Pennsylvania for you? Okay, nice, nice. Okay. So is are you going RU minus eleven? Or right, uh, plus eleven? Oh yes, I'm taking RU plus eleven, and because I'm so confident that oh boy they're going to cover, I'm going to take yes. half of a unit and. Put it on the money line. Yep, rah rah. Like yep, I like it. I like it. I would go. That's I, what I'm I would doing. put more. I'm I'm going to go a couple more units than you, my friend. But well, what I'm doing is so so. Uh, I'm just saying this um, for for the for the av- for the average guy. If you're going to put one unit on Ruckus to cover, what I'm saying is your winnings would be one unit. So I'm saying hmm. take half take half of that unit and put it on. So you're saying if somebody's interested in putting down five to ten units on 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 the cover on the line, they should put about half of it on the uh, on the money line. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Yes. Right. Right. I wonder. Uh, yeah. That that was just a hypothetical. I wasn't insinuating anybody. I I, I don't I don't know what why I would possibly insinuate that someone on this show could possibly take that line. I don't know why I would say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But, I agree. Um, I, it's all. It's all. Just want to put out there. What's up? So it's all it's all hypothetical. Sports gambling is not good. Um, yes, yes, yeah. this is all hypothetical. Yeah. Yes, uh, Raj, can you give us your hypothetical last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, sure. Hypothetical. I mean, I could take the easy way with the Jets, but I, I won't do that this week. Um, I think it's too easy with the Jets. So I lost last week. I said the Jets would cover, which was like the biggest mistake of my life. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why you would and, make uh, that call. And Dennis, and and rightfully so. I agree, rightfully so. Whose fault so is this that? This week I'll go with Paul, Chris. When did when did you say that on Monday, Raj? Yeah, last Monday. Oh my god! I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, they were they were doing well. They recovered both of their last games. I was like, oh, this is a Miami Dolphin team. Doesn't look that good. It was the worst game of my life I've ever seen. Well, you should have listened, Raj, because I watch this team on a weekly basis, and I was telling I you that was a dumb bet. Them. So you should listen Even to Jets me because I actually sit through this garbage on a weekly basis. Even Jets teams don't watch this team on a weekly basis. What? I watch, Sorry, even Jets I watch, fans don't watch. I watch the Jets every Sunday, and I think I shed a tear every Sunday. Like I waste. But but Mike, my, are you starting? Are time. you starting to feel indifferent now? Like how you felt with like? Because I started feeling a bit indifferent in like Chris Ash's last year with Rutgers. Uh yes yes I'm starting to feel a little bit indifferent about it. You are right about that. Like whatever happened. Like happened. if you had one more season like this, like another potential O and sixty season back to back, would you be like, oh my goodness? Well, I said this yesterday. If Adam Gase returns as the head coach next year, I'm becoming a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Wow. Do you hear what ja- what Adam Gase said today, guys? By the way, I thought it was great. No, no. Nothing about no. or about Sam Darnold. Yes, he says, I don't think I've developed Sam Darnold in my time here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Thank that you, was kind of hilarious. 
so funny. Like whose I fault is that? I, I don't I know, Chris. Maybe it's your the fault. Quarterback better than that. What's up? He had one job. Adam Gase had one job to develop the quarterback, and he couldn't even do that. Um, let alone lead an zero and twelve team. But I still believe he's a he's a mastermind because my uh, favorite quarterback, Peyton Manning, said so. Anyways, Chris, um, Chris Aconis, are you are you still on the uh, Sam Darnold train? I am slowly being talked off the Sam Darnold train. Are what you, happened, you're Chris? Still, you're always you're on the Sam Darnold on train. train. I'm starting to think he'll be really good train? somewhere else, but not in New York. Are you still on the York? train, though? I don't know anymore. Like, I really don't. I feel like he's regressed. So you're off the train. I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, I don't want to be, but I kind of am. So we're off the that train. That was quick. Now. Mike, we're off the, went train. off the train in what, this conversation. I'm still on the Sam Darnold train. You're on the Sam Donald trade, Dennis. I, I cannot I cannot wait until he gets signed by the Bears and we win a Super Bowl. That's how no, this is no, gonna no, end. That'd be great. No, no that would no, be no, great. Dennis, 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 Dennis. This is the Sam Donald Jets trade. Uh that that's is, fair. Is, like when, when the Jets Darnold dump Donald him off because they're not on the Sam Darnold train, uh that'll that'll be great for me. I can't wait for Adam Gates to be hired by the Chicago Bears. I uh, that would make me you. very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Sam oh, Darnold no. is going to be uh like similar to I'm not saying similar to stats and stature in Drew Brees, but similar to how Drew Brees was traded from the Chargers to the Saints and became a great quarterback, is going to be very, very similar to that. Except on the Chicago Bears, because the Chicago Bears are gonna hire Adam Gates. That'd be great. Adam Gase would be like, my life is a torture. I've got breaking news. Uh, what's up? Okay, Ooh, what's your breaking it. news, Chris? Uh, concerning the Rutgers-Syracuse men's basketball game. Uh, Syracuse men's basketball reported a positive COVID-19 test within their program. They oh are initiating contact tracing. Um, one player has tested positive. A couple others are being held out due to contact tracing. And um, the game that they're scheduled to play tonight against Niagara... Uh, will be played as scheduled. Oh, they're playing as scheduled. Yes, but a player has tested positive in the program. A couple oh, yeah, others are out there. Contact be, uh, tracing. Much more spread within the organization now. So uh, that's not a good sign. I mean, Rutgers potentially could be going. Uh, if they miss the Syracuse game, it would have been over a week and a half since they played their last game, which is definitely not. A I good mean, if sign. they lose Syracuse, if they if the Syracuse game got off the schedule, you have to think they would go in overdrive to try and get a game. They have. Oh yes. I mean, it's kind of sad because it's not Rutgers' fault. <laughs> it's not but our fault. Important we to didn't note do that anything. as of now, it's supposed to go on. Yeah, I, I, I good. if they're playing tonight, like the night that everything is like happening, then there's no way well, that Dennis, this game. Well, Dennis, you'd expect a couple more positives to come out of this if at least one person tested positive. Yeah, but even still, it's like through contact tracing, through more rapid testing, if. You can still play a game the day of and not say, oh, man, this is a terrible idea. There might be a bunch right. of people positive on the team that we don't know about. Uh, if you can still play a game like that, I think that you can probably play in five days within reason when you actually know the full extent of everything and everyone's much more locked down fair point i i would i would take that consensus well here's where um, things get interesting from a basketball perspective um one of the players who has not been seen on the floor according to syracuse media 
is Buddy Beheim, who is their starting shooting guard and Jim Beheim's son. Oh, boy. Averaged 15 points a game last year. All right. Well, that's not good. Does, does, well, it's does, not good for Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but it also might not be good for Rutgers in general. Well, it's important to know. I mean, yeah. To be clear, we don't know for a fact that he tested positive or that he's in contact tracing, but if he hasn't taken the floor for warm-ups, you know, you can sort of do the math. And again, this is Syracuse media reporting this. I have not independently verified this. I'm going on faith that they're accurate. All right. Well, we but they're still playing. Under, they're under, playing under, their under, game uh, tonight as scheduled. Please, con- yes. please, Chris, Mr. Sacone, so please start why would the why would the Rutgers game be in question? If there are more positives, it would be in question. Right. So then, something. And I guess tonight, also you like, can say like if a bunch of their starters, especially like their highest scoring player, is not uh, playing, then the legitimacy, I guess, of the win might come into question. Right. Um, yeah. If Rutgers does end up winning the game. I mean, Which... there is there is another team in Jersey that um, we could put. You know, they decided to play Rhode Island yesterday, right? Well, no, I think it's uh, Ryder. Oh, 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 never mind. Um, yeah, Ryder. We could probably play them. Um, hmm. The 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 other team went to Rhode, went to Rhode Island, so not not sure. Yeah, they lost in Rhode Island too. I heard. Yeah, so uh, I'm not really sure. They might be stuck on the uh, island. Yeah, they should be. Um, but but can can uh, th- Chris? Thank you for reporting that breaking news. I, I personally did not look into it. Hey man, that's why they pay me. That's why we pay you. That's right. Um, so I'll but, just go yep, quickly we pay my Chris. the weekend, and we can discuss we can discuss the implications that this this might have for the weekend. Um, so my lock of the week is Chicago versus Detroit under forty four and a half. I like it. Matthew Stafford and Mitch Trubisky uh, under always, always Give it a to great me lock. all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love it. <laughs> I'm learning a lesson from the Vikings Bears team, man. What? Yeah, I don't know. Why life is too short for the under. Why? why? Because I bet the over. I mean, <clears throat> I endorsed the over between the Vikings and the Bears a couple weeks ago. And uh, it didn't turn out to be too well. Life is too short for the un- ah. like like I how I mean I could do the easy thing and just say the the Raiders minus nine and a half against the Jets I mean that's the easy way out I mean that's no I fun just, so you're gonna root for bad football I'm gonna root for really bad football I'm I'm gonna root for such bad football that I won't even watch it and neither will Dennis well I can't oh. watch it it's a Sunday game. <laughs> Oh right, right. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna be stuck watching. Uh, I don't know. Actually, the Redskins LA, don't play like... this Sunday. They play on Monday. That's Tuesday. true. There, there is no Washington so football team, lucky. so I'm might gonna be stuck be, with some other history. nonsense. Yeah, maybe maybe some Cleveland Browns action. Probably it'll probably be like Bengals Dolphins or Browns Titans, something dumb like that. And the, at least the Browns Titans is a good game, though. Uh, I you could call it that, I suppose, if you just look at their records. Why? Why? Well, you, uh, I think, think the Browns are very team? bad. Okay. Everything that people said about the Bears a couple weeks still? ago is true of the Browns still. What did you say, Doug? Say that again, Doug. I believe the Browns have 
Let me verify this. Yes, the Browns have a negative point differential. So the Browns have 265 points for and 286 points against. A negative and, 20 and points they're eight efficient three. in winning. That just and they're 8-3. They're, they're, they're it, huge frauds. They have, like, almost the easiest schedule you could draw up for the oh, Browns. Oh, calm down. Says the man who was, like, the Bears team who's won all five of their I games. I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's a fair points. thing about the Bears. Like, it was fair about the Bears. But at the same time, if the Bears had this schedule, the Bears would also be 8-3. and three. Possibly better. No, they wouldn't be. Come on. Give me a break, guys. They would not be 8-3. and three. Come on. Are you serious? I mean, be- look at the schedule. Bengals players, Washington football team, all the NFCs. They would have have lost to the Bengals. They had Joe Burrow. You get the Jaguars, you get the Texans. And when they play good teams, they're getting blown out. I mean, they lost to Baltimore 38-6. They lost to Pittsburgh 38-7. That was week two. No, the Pittsburgh game was like week seven or eight. Yeah, it was October 18th. Yeah, but you're talking about the undefeated Steelers. What are you talking about? They still got blown I, out 38 to 7. Like the Steelers haven't been right. great at keeping teams down. Like they've won games, but it's not like uh they've kept teams like completely in the dirt the entire game. The Cowboys almost beat them, the Ravens almost right. beat them twice. That's fair. I agree. I agree with that. No, that's that's right. They, they, you know they you know one team? Do you know the one team? The one team who if you wanted to switch around their schedules, their record wouldn't change. You know that team is? Who? What team? The, jet, the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Uh, I, I, I oh, realized after you. I said what team, which team you were going to say, and I, I just got very <laughs> happy. <laughs> yeah, I really I really want the Jets to pull out a win. I remember seeing, because like every week we talk about the show, I think, I think or not the show, we talk about the Jets. Oh, and 17, man. I think they're just barreling towards it. I don't think there's anything stopping them from going for 0 and 7. 0 and 16, sorry. 0 and 16. Yeah, 0 and 17. They're going to lose an extra so. game. <laughs> They'll lose an extra yeah. game because that's how bad Adam Gase is. And he used to go, man. He's so bad. I actually agree with Chris Akonis for once. <laughs> they'll lose the rest of their NFL games and then they'll lose to Liberty. <laughs> and then Trevor <laughs> will, and, and then Trevor Lawrence will opt out. That's the 0 17 part. Yeah. Oh my and then, God. then they'll hire Steve Adazio. Do you think Trevor oh Lawrence goodness. would actually sit out? No, I think that Trevor Lawrence would like seize the opportunity to play in New York. Yeah, I mean, they already didn't they honor fun. Trevor Lawrence at senior night? They did. <laughs> it it, it which, kind which of is a Dakota's, bit of a giveaway, I think. Like, like breathe, breathe it just a bit easier. It's over. Chris, you calling it? I'm calling it. I've seen enough. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. Well, we have a few more minutes, but with that, um, you know, actually, we're gonna. We're going to step aside. Uh, We'll be back with Hour 2 of the crew right after this break. You're listening to WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. 